We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're gonna follow me on Twitter. And it's Monday, February 5th. And you know what we do on Mondays usually. I know several past Mondays I haven't been here, but we're back. It's Mondays with McCool. I'm joined by James McCool, the co-author, with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you could pick up at theoryofdfs.com as well as the uh the advanced player's guide with the custom Excel tools. Go check that out today. We're going to talk about Super Bowl props. Super Bowl props. Uh, a lot of people, James, think that Super Bowl props are for uh, for the casual fishes, right? You know, the Super Bowl comes around. It's like, oh, there's, there's a million different things. Whether or not you're betting legally and regulated sports books here in the United States as well as offshore. Because they may have different markets. A lot of people think, well, this is where the suckers, right? Because everyone, everyone in there, you know, the casual people love betting on these Super Bowl props. But if I were to tell you that there's actually enormous edge, if you could find them in Super Bowl props, would you be surprised? Uh, no, I wouldn't be surprised. No. I mean, you should always be looking for an edge, especially when there's a whole bunch of things offered. Because typically the more things offered, the more mistakes can be made, right? So that's kind of what we're looking at with Super Bowl. Right. And uh, I would add uh, good morning to Wataz Bartby. Hit that thumbs up button, by the way. Give me that thumbs up. Give me the subscribes. Give me the hit the notification. Hit everything. Hit everything. Firstly, I want to before we, we get into like how to find possible edges in Super Bowl props. And I don't know if we're going to identify any today on the show. And uh, if 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 we were to, I probably wouldn't wouldn't say anything. I just take it and run with it. Uh, <laughs> and these edges wouldn't be like projection edges. These would be sports books miscalculating odds types of things because they they put up these thing. I mean, dude, that I think there was a story, James, on on sixty minutes, 
last night. I didn't watch it. I did not watch it. I will. I will. The the perception, and I tweeted this out last week, right? So today's show, we're going over tweets that I tweeted out last week and explaining them. That uh, that they they the the sports books have AI, they have data banks, they have all they they have all this stuff that that puts them at a great advantage over the average consumer and everything. And I I tweeted out, it's like yeah, all this all this AI and data banks. Uh, I, I I regularly go on uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel and any and Caesars anywhere, and uh, regularly see. Uh, someone's over five and a half rebounds be be minus 115 and then six plus rebounds be minus 110 <laughs> like right. like I like depending on what section you're you're going into I mean you you regularly see uh someone's uh someone's uh 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 like you you combine like the two like as far as like PRA, Mm-hmm. Is concerned, right? You find it's like, oh, okay. I know that the, the distributions are are different, but you'll see like over under like under twenty six and a half PRA, and then find that like, well, if you do under on each each of them, and it'll it's actually like twenty three and a half or something like, and then you look at the distributions, and that's all false. Like you, like very simple things that because they're trying to create a menu of you know a million different things that they're not aware that is five cents off here 10 cents off there now now both bets in that scenario with the right rebounds maybe negative ev regardless of the five cent difference but the fact that the same bet isn't priced the same because it's worded differently i mean that's kind of what we're going to get into in the super bowl props yeah but i just think it's laughable that 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 they the sports books are are are, are not smarter than the I think that's a huge misconception that especially especially when it comes to props that they're beatable and the, really the main game that you're playing is how do you beat them without them noticing? Yeah, I, I was just gonna say like if they were so high and mighty and all powerful and their models were that much better then there wouldn't be winners out there, but there's a lot of winners out there. There's winners in our industry, just specifically in the DFS and the, and the sports betting industry. There are winners everywhere. I say all the time. I have said how many times in the last year have I said that anybody can make money betting props, literally anyone. Uh, all you have to do is just know what to look for. Um, and that's one of the things to look for is look for, the differences in the way that bets are displayed and the way they are worded and the finding five, 10, 15 cents here, and then combining that with doing the same thing across multiple books. And then all of a sudden you're finding 15, 20, 25 cent edges here and there, simply just by saying that one bet is the same thing, but that they calculated it differently because they're just trying to do different things. Um, what it comes down to is sports books don't necessarily have to be that much better than good betters they just don't because there are so many bad betters and so many people that don't pay attention to these things they just rake in money it doesn't it doesn't matter that they're a little bit off here or a little bit off there sure people like you and i and and people who watch the show are gonna be able to find that stuff but we we represent like 
what, like six or seven percent of the entire pool. If you take the good people in the DFS industry, I guess I don't, I don't know. It's a it's a really small well, amount. Also, it's also what you mentioned is also combined by the fact that if you're too obvious about it, that their first line of defense is uh, here's your limit, three dollars and seventy two cents. Good luck. What you got to do, what you got to do is you got to make sure that you bet like a total donk for a month, right? Like just consider it an investment in later prospects and just bet like an idiot. And then they're going to have your betting profile. You're going to have 300 bets of just SGPs and, and betting sides that move the wrong way, right? Just like get as much negative CLV as you can for a month, invest a thousand dollars doing that, and then you're just scot free. They'll never limit you. They have this there, huge there, profile. There are, theories, but there, there are tons of theories behind cover bets, and I, I mean, I do place so-called cover bets. Just basically, my accounts all have like a wide variety of bets, and I try to find like break even. Like, is this bet break even? Bet it. Is it break even? Mm-hmm. But like, it just it's just like superfluous volume that is like. It, does, does it have a slight positive edge? Can it have a slight negative edge? I'm taking it anyway. I mean, my I'm, my my whole macro strategy is based on small, a lot of volume of small bets. So like, like good luck deciphering. It's like, oh wow, the, the, these three bets really got a lot of CLV. But like, I have like 80 bets that like didn't get anything. Right. And it's like either my projection was better, or our projections here, Rota Grinders were better. But I, just they have to figure it out. Go figure no. it out whether or not I'm I'm good or not. And when you do a very small number of bets and you're like, okay, I'm gonna put try to put down five hundred thousand bucks, and you yeah. get, you know, you get you get four points of CLV on an NFL line or something, like <laughs> like you're screwed. I mean, like the you, you're screwed now, you're screwed at that point until how much is your account worth? How much money right. have you made? Me, me, I care about more longevity over time because my macro strategy involves I'm not looking to make six figures sports betting. I'm looking to make mid fives. And how do I do this as, as in the least amount of time investment mm-hmm. in a day. And as long as I can on my own accounts. And as of now, I mean, my, my accounts have not been limited to the point in which my normal bet sizing is, is right. I can't do the only, the only thing that I, the only thing that I notice is that, I really don't. I I don't get many promos. Right. I just what, uh, like my 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 promotional balance is 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 led. I get here's five yeah. bucks for an SGP, or here's here's uh here's ten dollars sweat free or whatever. It's like okay, this really doesn't mean that much. What what I like to call those break even bets. I just like to call it prop tax. It's just prop tax. You know, you don't know if you're, it's it's a true coin flip. Just go and take it. Let them think that you're just taking a pure coin flip, just prop decks. That's all. Um, uh, I, I was, I, I was I gonna say, another... okay. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was just gonna say, uh, <laughs> as far as like the bet size thing goes, um, I'm a lot like you. And when I am actually like sports betting, I, I've taken about a month off of DFS and betting just because I have been burnt out a little bit. So, also, we're entering a late season NBA, and that's a whole other thing, but um. I've taken a, about a month off, but my bet size, I try to keep my bet size low because for for the ROI that I want, for the amount of money that I want to make from sports betting, I I don't need large bet sizes. I don't care. Like 25, 30, 35 bucks bet, doesn't matter. Just get down a couple hundred bucks in volume and I'm happy with that. 
Um, I have pay dirt to pay the bills and I have other things where, you know, a couple thousand bucks a month from sports betting. Happy with that. I want to bring up a tweet from last week. Oh, I'm done. Uh, Steve, I got it. I, they give me control so I can bring it up and down. Uh, we talk about Super Bowl props. One of the things I see every year, I see this, I literally see this every year. Every year, they have a bet on the coin flip, right? Now, I don't think I don't think you could do that in the U.S. I don't I don't see it on DraftKings or FanDuel or anything, but this may be offshore. But if they have the bet on the coin flip, a lot of times you'll see the bet on the coin flip be like minus 105 on both sides, right? Now, obviously, most people they look at that. I'm talking about just normal people, just normal, just the, the guy down the street, and goes. Yeah. And then laugh, and they go, "How stupid is the to, to lay to lay money on a coin flip? Like because they know because it's so instinctual that people know a coin flip is 50-50. So plus one hundred on both sides would be zero percent hold, zero percent edge, like break even. And people are would willingly bet minus one hundred five, minus one ten on heads, or minus one hundred five on tails, and. First off, James, we could both agree right, that this is not like controversial. That betting minus 105 on the coin flip is a negative expectation. Yes. Pure and, right. pure and simple. There's there's right. no hesitation there. Right. So how do we determine it's a negative expectation? Obviously, you know, instinctually, it's like, well, minus 105 shouldn't be the price. It should be plus 110, plus 100. How much is it off? Right, because obviously, if the American odds were plus one hundred, that's a fifty percent implied odds. Right, we can see here in this odds converter on Action Network. So minus one hundred five is essentially you're getting paid as if it's a fifty one point two two percent chance. Which, unless you have some way of knowing the wind, or I mean, I guess there are people that could delude themselves in thinking that there's some way of predicting the coin flip. But basically, your ed your edge, negative edge, is the difference between the real the the actual odds and the implied odds that you're getting on your bet. So minus one hundred five, the implied odds are are fifty one point two two percent. The real odds are fifty percent. So that's minus one point two two percent. So yep. it even if you bet on the coin flip at minus one hundred five, it is still a better bet. Than betting anything on a on a double zero roulette wheel. Yeah, like if you yeah. if you go because that, that double zero roulette is five and a quarter percent negative negative EV. So if you bet black or red or something like that, like for people to laugh and go, who's stupid enough to bet minus one hundred five on a coin flip, and then then goes to their local casino and goes, I'm going to put fifty bucks down on black on the roulette wheel, is pay is four is is four times more stupid, right? <laughs> Four times more stupid, to, right? And people do that now, obviously, for entertainment purposes and whatever. So, like, if you're the type of person that goes to the casino for entertainment and plays table games, if you want to throw a hundred bucks down on the coin flip for entertainment purposes, it's actually it it's 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 weird to say, James, compared to how some people bet. It actually may be a better bet than some of the other bets that they make on the Super Bowl. 
Oh yeah. Like literally, yeah. literally the minus one Oh five on the coin flip may have a lower negative expectation. Right. Then some of the other, they'll, they'll bet some, they'll bet a four, they'll bet a fourth leg SGP that mm-hmm. has a 14% hold. <laughs> right. And then go, I think this is smart. I'm betting a hundred dollar SGP on this four and, and go, no, you're losing more money on that than you would by betting heads on the coin on, on the coin toss. And when you look I, at it that way, it just it just seems odd that pe- that this is the disconnect between how people view sports betting that don't come from some type of you know thinking of it more analytically and mathematically that everything that you bet on is this determination of what is the actual odds of this happening. Versus how much are you getting paid? Are you getting more than the probability or less than the probability? But when it comes to a coin flip, people just know that in 50-50 is easy to judge. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey scoring a touchdown. That's not, that's the, in, in their heads, that's not a coin flip. That's why we build projections out to go, what is, what do we estimate? What do we project the actual probability of this? And how do we compare that to a number? So right. that's why I, I wrote, yeah, and we'll get into what I wrote, but do you think, do you think, I mean, do you think it's odd for me to say that for a lot of people out there, betting on the coin flip is better than betting anything else on the Super Bowl? No, of course not. Because they're, that's their, if you, I, I used to have a friend because we used to go up all the time and go play blackjack. And I used to have a friend who would come up with us and all he would do is he would sit down and he would bring however much money he had, and he would just lay the table max on one hand, and whatever that was, that, that was just what he did. That was it. That was all he would do. Was that um, blackjack? Yeah, just blackjack. And uh, if he was playing any anywhere decently basic strategy, that's like a negative, maybe negative two percent. Yeah, negative two percent because you have about a forty-eight percent chance if you're playing basically perfectly and you're not not counting cards. If you're counting cards, right. then you actually have a little bit of an edge, but. If you just play one hand, you have about a 48% chance against the house, and that was that was it. So he would do that, and he would actually compare it to, like, a coin flip. Say, it's about 50-50. I'll take one shot. And then he would just walk away and just get free drinks for the rest of the night because that because that's that's just what he wanted to do. Same thing with Super Bowl uh, and the same thing with, with betting coin flip. Like, you basically have the best odds on betting the coin flip in terms of anything else that you could bet. The, like the average better should probably, if they want to get down action on the Super Bowl, should probably just bet on the coin flip. Do you have a better chance? Like you, you literally have better odds being offered and less hold against that than if you were to try to bet on like Brock, Brock Purdy over on pass attempts or something, or Christian McCaffrey on a touchdown. Or and, George and, and to, to be fair, to be fair, betting on that randomly without any projections, without any right, like, right, right, yeah, right. And, e- and even if you have projections, even if you have projections, I would almost argue that a, that betting on coin flip is probably better than a lot of the other projections out there on certain bets. Not not on like the high volume stuff, but on like touchdowns, just just bet the coin flip. <laughs> like just bet right, the coin flip. The, the anytime touchdown markets are are high hold, and the likelihood of you being able to help project the hold is is yeah. Is, it, it could be available. It could be. It could be, but it's less likely to be. Yeah. Speaking in general terms, I think that you are less likely and have less edge. It's a it's a, a worse bet to try to bet anytime touchdown odds on most of the players than it is to bet the coin flip. 
And then I also I also said in my tweet, I said a lot of the people who laugh at how stupid it is to bet minus 105 on the on the coin flip. The big game coin flip. I don't know if we're allowed to say the, the, the SB words. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people who laugh at how stupid it is to bet minus 105 on the coin flip are the same ones who regularly bet stuff at minus 120 when minus 110 is available. Yeah. And this is the second point. Like, I know it's weird. Someone will clip this out from what we just said. Said, dude, don't bet the props. Just bet minus 105 on the coin flip. And they'll post it and go, well, well how stupid are these people? Right? But how about the people that you're betting regularly? These are normal people. Regular, you're out there and you're like, okay, what's NBA going on tonight? What's NHL going on tonight? You know, anything. Right? College basketball. And they see, they're like, okay, I, I'm going to I'm gonna bet, uh, I'm going to bet shots on goal for some hockey play or something and it's you know over over one and a half is uh is minus 120 on FanDuel and they go there and they go okay I'm gonna bet 100 bucks on minus 120 on FanDuel on DraftKings that same over one and a half shots on goal is minus 110 right and they go why why don't you just go over to DraftKings and and take minus 110 instead of minus 120 ah well what, uh, what's the big difference What's the big difference? I mean, I'm still betting the same thing, right? I mean, oh, so I lose like a, I well, uh, is it worth the extra 50 cents? Is it worth, I mean, these rationalizations happen about line shopping. And it's like, well, let's do the math, right? Yeah. Minus 120 when minus 110 is available, okay? So remember, the difference between minus 105 and plus 100 is 1.22%. Right, so that's the coin flip of like, why the hell would you bet the coin flip at minus one hundred five? You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Well, let's say you take minus one hundred twenty, which is a fifty four point five five implied odds when it's available to you. It's like this is not like like it's not like you all you need to do is click on the other app and get to you go to your other account, and it's minus one ten. The difference between fifty four point five five and fifty two point three eight. Is 2.17%. Yeah. So by not going and getting the minus 110 that's available and taking the minus 120, it's you're giving up a little over 2%, which is which is ridiculous to do, if, especially if you're doing this on a regular basis. Uh, when they'll pay you two percent, they'll pay you two point one seven percent more. That's twice as much as that that's almost twice as much as. The difference between betting minus 105 and plus 110 on a and plus 100 on a coin flip. Like, yeah, yes, you could say that that minus 120 could still be plus EV, right? There are plenty of props that we see day to day that if you price them out, was would be minus 140, right? Someone's rebound, someone's shots on goal, someone's whatever receiving yards. And you're like, this should be prop priced out at minus 140, right? Right, minus 140 is 58.33%. And you go, well, minus 120, you still have an edge. I mean, you still have like a 3% edge there. But but how much you know, more? I'd rather have, I'd rather have a 5% edge. Right. Right? <laughs> so even though it's a profitable bet, right, you'd be better off, you'd be better off betting uh, minus, minus 120 You'd be better off betting on the coin flip of the Super Bowl mixed with the minus 110 bet. Like, you understand what it's like? Take half your money, 
You find that minus 120 when minus 110 is available. Put half your money on that and put half your money on the coin flip. And that would be and 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 that would be better than taking the minus 120. Yep. Like that's the that's the difference. So like the people that that's why I every this happens every year, James, because I see it because people laugh about the coin flip bets and everything. How much action the what's the sharp side, right? What are the sharp are, are the sharps? It's minus one oh eight oh eight for heads and my and minus one oh three for tails. That means they must need action on the heads, like all these stupid jokes. But no one no one seems to laugh when people on a regular daily basis go and say, uh yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take these uh you know 30 basketball props and bet them all on FanDuel because I just prefer FanDuel when 20 of them have a better price on another site. Right. And like this one is better on BetMGM and this one is better on Bet365. This one's better on DraftKings. And maybe some of them are better that get a better price on FanDuel and sometimes every every book has the same the same number or the same price. Mm-hmm. But by not line shopping, you you're being like exponentially, especially since it compounds as you make more and more bets and do this more and more often that at the end of the day, if you were to make, let's just say five bets, James. Yeah. And let's say, let's say you're a hundred dollar better. We're just going to use, let's, let's even, let's make it even lower for even the real wrecks. Let's make it $20 better. Right. And you're only betting three bets a day, but you're betting almost every day. So let's say 300 days a year. So you're betting about 60 bucks, right? Yep. Three bets at 20 and you're giving up 2% for no reason, right? Just giving up 2% completely for no reason. So what's 2% of 60 bucks, right? That's a buck 20. Yep. Right. So a dollar 20 a day, right? A dollar 20 a day times 300 days because you're doing this every day or enough, right? So basically you're just giving up $360. No, you're giving up more than that. It's compounding, right? Well, I'm assuming that your that that your unit size doesn't change or anything like that. So it okay. it would be it would be yeah. Well, I'm not yeah. taking that into account, right? You're just a recreational better betting twenty bucks a day on three bets. Yeah, and you're not line shopping, and you're giving up two percent. You're taking minus one fifteens when there's a minus one hundred five in the market. So at your average, giving up two percent. So that's yeah. three hundred sixty dollars over the course of the year, like. Betting, I mean, that's 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 the equivalent of like, like you'd be better off betting a thousand dollars on the. On, you'd be better off betting a thousand dollars at minus one hundred five on the coin flip than doing right. any of that. So you might as well, right? So what? You so well. what you're telling me? What you're telling me is we should take out a loan of a thousand dollars and go just bet one hundred five on the on the coin flip, right? Well, in, in comparison to what. If you're losing money and out of the way, this is sure. this is not a what you should do. This is a <laughs> I'm using the coin flip, James, to explain to I people know. why they should be doing something else. I'm just right? saying because somebody's gonna clip it out. So I'm just making sure I that know, we give very know. clear Look. advice. Very clear advice that you should go take out a thousand dollars and bet on a coin flip. Uh, right. That's why that's why the title of this video should be the big game coin flip betting strategy. <laughs> <laughs> But I yeah. use this time of the year, James. James, I use this time of the year because, I mean, to a lot of people, maybe not not our, our, our fine audience or smarter audience in here, 
maybe some people will finally get the message of like, wow, if it's smarter for me to to bet negatively on the coin flip, maybe I should be line shopping more. Maybe I should, maybe I should be paying attention. Like, like if if I'm the if I'm this person that goes, who's stupid enough to bet on the coin flip and then doesn't line shop? I'm hope I'm hoping to, to shame you into like, well, if you think that person is stupid, you're four times stupider. <laughs> that's that's a really good right. way to put it. Right. That's a, that, I'm I'm trying to teach by shaming. Yeah. And uh and what those people should do is the people who think that it's silly to bet 105 on a on a coin flip, but then go out there and bet 120, 110 when 110 is available, those people should be playing on pick six. So the people who play pick six and and underdog has na- has one now right too like they they also have a peer-to-peer game yeah people should be playing those uh so they can go up against other people who might be smarter to uh to then take their money um that's what they should be doing that's my suggestion so super bowl props well we talked we the bury the lead in the beginning oh there could be enormous edges yeah. the reason for that i mean you'd have to look for them i haven't so i don't know is that they put up so many things, like if we go if we go to 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 FanDuel, like they have these game specials of like each team to score one plus rushing touchdown and one plus passing touchdown. Travis Kelsey fifty plus receiving yards in each half, right? They're like uh, these guys to combine for this and these guys to do this. Like Kansas City special teams to score the first time. Well, that's just an anytime touchdown score. Like there are a lot of these things where they're combining a lot of things together. That's quite possible that things may be more correlated than the books think that they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's say like I theorized now, I don't think you, you you can't get these types of props on, on FanDuel or DraftKings, but like, these are the types of things that I would be thinking about. Mm-hmm. James, if is, is, I think there's probably a bet somewhere in the world of how many times Taylor Swift gets shown on television. Oh yeah. How right. many it's how many seconds? How many seconds would probably How many be seconds? Out. Okay. They get Yeah. There you I would theorize that the if as long as as long as the books haven't considered it, which I wouldn't think they put any weight into it, is that the longer Taylor Swift is shown on the screen, the more likely that that correlates to the Chiefs winning. Oh yeah, right. Ima- right. Imagine if the 49ers are, are are blowing out the Chiefs. How often are they showing Taylor Swift? Some people may say the opposite. They go, if the game's a blowout in the 49ers direction, maybe they show more Taylor Swift because there's nothing else to show because no one cares. But just the thought process of Super Bowl props—they put out these new stuff that you normally do not see on the menu for a game. Right, these these combinations and 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 ha- commercials and you know what color the Gatorade is. Maybe there's some type of correlation or ne- positive or negative to certain events based on those things. That I guarantee you that the books. I mean, I can't guarantee it, but I wouldn't think the books model because there's no data to model it. I mean, there's nothing to model it on. They're just going to put the two things together. And just whatever the, the 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 multiplier is, the multiplier is. But I can guarantee you, if you comb through the the menu, you'll find you'll find bets where 
one is worded one way and another is worded another way. And for some odd reason, it's worded in a way where these two things overlap, but they're not acting like they overlap, right? Like this, like weird, like if this guy scores, like if this guy, the player to score, you know, uh, more than X amount of yards in each half, like, well, does that correlate to a high scoring game? Does it correlate to a low scoring game? Does it correlate to the passing yards be higher and the lower and some other player? Cause they typically don't give you these types of like each team to score one touchdown and one field goal in each half. Right now, is that somehow correlated to some players prop? Right. Right. Like how, like how did who, who wins the coin flip? Has to right if some team is gonna you know have the ball first in the first half, is that more likely? You don't get these things in normal games because they don't give you the coin flip in normal games. Right. And maybe minus one hundred five on a coin flip being negative EV actually corresponds to a positive like a, a correlation to some other things. The first the winner of the coin flip and the first field goal of the game. Right. Right. Yeah. Like some. I know I don't know if they're they're pricing these types of things, and you can find the markets that these exist. I'm just showing the possibilities, mm-hmm. and I know from from other people that have bet on Super Bowl props behind the scenes that these things do exist. Yeah, and the ones that have the highest edge, you're not going to hear about because you don't want to let people know because especially this one's going to be the highest liquidity that you'll be able to get on props like you and and these markets are not going to be offered you this is not something that you could take advantage of like in nfl like week after week game after game it's like oh they offer this thing and whatever like this is a once a year type of thing so people are not going to give up their edge and it lets it gets public like what happened with the the national anthem time like they don't like oh about uh where, where they where because they rehearse it oh okay like the books didn't realize that the national anthem got rehearsed so one of these years someone actually went outside of the stadium during <laughs> the rehearsal the day before and yeah. timed the national anthem incredible and then of course everyone and then of course blab 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 and next thing you know you don't get that anymore because that's something that, but that's a once a year thing. You're not going to be able to bet. There's no, what's the national anthem time on the random 4 p.m., you know, NFL game on a, on a week six or something. These right. are once a year types of things. So if you could find them, you could probably, you could get a decent amount of money down. And especially if some of these books share like the same types of props, whatever. I mean, you, if you're willing to find them and trust me, like there's a lot of bets. I mean, for you to, I mean, is it, if you're a $20 better, is it worth for you to, to do this? Probably. No, absolutely right. not. <laughs> right. Cause you wouldn't be putting 20, but like, this is the type of thing that if you find something that has a nice five plus 10 plus even, you know, 20, 30 possibly that you're willing to, you're putting thousands yeah. down. You're trying to get as much down as you can or partner up with, you know, some, syndicate and you being you know getting getting a percentage but i mean there's tons of stuff that's a whole not that's the whole another game of sports betting 
that I try not to be really a part of, but that's is what happens. So I guarantee, I I, I guarantee you, if you look, the, despite the the sixty minutes report that they have AI that is way too advanced for the for human beings to beat the sports books, that FanDuel has put up prop bets that in one place they're plus one sixty, and in another place they're plus eight fifty. Right. Right, like or like plus six fifty, like there are differences of 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 ten plus percent in implied probability for no reason other than it's just worded differently and in a different section and something. And if you could take advantage of that, combining with positive correlation that they've not adjusted for, I mean, dude, there are things in the normal SGPs that are still not adjusted properly. Right. Right. That people are taking advantage of. And who knows what is available on Price Picks and Underdog? Remember, right. they're <clears throat> the thing about Price Picks and Underdog is they're not under the sports betting regulations, so they could offer stuff that, I mean, essentially it's Wild West type of. Oh yeah, I mean they they could offer whatever. I mean, I haven't even I I really I haven't even looked, but I mean they could have weird stuff that they've proven in the past that they're very bad at. Uh, calculating correlations they, or they ignoring them completely, yeah. right? Now, yeah, obviously the past year they've really tightened that up. But in the past, I mean, that was that was the that was the money maker. Mm-hmm. Like I guarantee you, they have stuff up there where, oh, pick uh, a five pick flex has like three things that are really high, very highly correlated that they're not taking into account because mm-hmm. they just want to get as many Super Bowl level props up as possible just so LeBron James could could tout them out on uh right. on Twitter. I love uh I love all this talk about correlation, especially leading in baseball. Uh, I'm really excited to see how books go after after that. Cause like you said in the last year, a lot of books have have tightened the belt a little bit on correlation stuff. Um but I you know well, it's been with- under the pick the pick'em sites. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The sports books have been, I mean, their SGP uh, calculations are at least taken into account. But we've seen in the past yeah. that Rice was an underdog. Like you're putting in someone's over passing yards and two receivers over receiving yards, and they're treating it as it's three independent events. And that's just like, right. That's just obvious. Now they don't. Now they either don't let you do that, they mm-hmm. don't consider that a valid card, or. They reduce the pay. You'll see on prize picks, it's like, well, this one, you're only getting paid 7x instead of 10x because of what you're pairing together. I, I love the concept of prize picks and underdog saying that card isn't valid, which is basically just them saying, we don't know how to calculate this, so we're not going to let you bet it. <laughs> I, I love that concept. It's, it's, very, it's very self-affirming of them to be like, look, we understand that we're not this good and that you are. So we're not even going to give you the chance to take our money in making this kind of a bet. I mean, they've done that with esports, right? Yeah, they have. Yep, yep. It used it used to be. I know. I remember. I mean, people would make tons of money in prize picks on esports because people would just stack and they wouldn't even. Yep. They wouldn't even do anything practically. Yeah, because legal. Then they they made it that you could only take you could you could only take like more no more than two from a from a team. And then they made it that it's like, okay, take anyone you want, but we're going to make the payout be nothing. 
Yeah. Good luck. Well, and and when they when they made it only two from a team, what people are, did with League of Legends on prize picks was they're just like, okay, we're just going to combine the support over on assists and the ADC over on kills, and just you know, there's there's your two because they're so highly correlated. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing, whole thing. But we talk about correlation. We talk about these concepts. The theory of daily fantasy sports. How to think like a professional DFS player because this is how you're supposed to think. That's the purpose of this course. Like any peer to beer game, right? We I was talking about this with the pick six stuff with Will uh last week. That that our course, the theory of daily fantasy sports, isn't like like, oh, this is how you beat NBA, and here's how here's how to pick play. Like, it's not that like the, the first third of the course essentially has nothing even to do specifically with daily fantasy sports, but how non how zero sum games. How mutual games, how what game theory is, and how to think about where the money comes from, what the skill gap is, where the edges lie. And if you are in that, you know, mode of thinking, you could attack any game, any market. Right? Now, obviously, sportsbook market, a lot of it is it's not peer-to-peer. So the game theory is just. What 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 is the actual probability and what is the price that I'm getting? Like it's just like that's it's it's simple. When it comes to yep. these pick six, DraftKings pick six, prize picks arena, underdog is coming out. I can't play these yet. But you're gonna, I mean, you'll be able to beat those games. Just I mean, these games didn't exist before we made this course. Right. Right. But you can still listen to this and go, oh. How does projection, correlation, and leverage exist for those games? Right? It's still the same concepts, right? If everyone's taking this prop as part of their pick six card, what's the what's the efficient ownership of that car that pick being that this guy is out from the basketball game? And this prop, instead of it being a 52% chance to win, it's now a 65% chance to win. And everyone sees that. And now next thing you know, it's 88% owned in your pick six contest. It's like, yeah, it is. it has the highest projection, but it has negative leverage, right? And then how do I make my pick six cards in a way that not only do, not only do I have a better chance of getting six out of six based on the projection, the, the combined win probability, but do these win probabilities, are they correlated to each other? Right. Right. Oh, this game's gonna be a blowout. Well, why don't you take three? Why don't you take the two star players from each side and bet, have them both their unders? Mm-hmm. That's correlated to each other, right? There you go, right? Especially if there's a projection value on both sides, right? This is the same thing as the. It's the same thing. I mean, I mean, it's it's literally daily fantasy sports. It's just instead of it being salary cap based, the format is that it's six prop bets. Yep. With, a, with fixed odds that don't change, just like salaries don't change in DFS. So if you want to start beating those games, getting the fundamentals down of how you should think. That's why we titled it, How to Think Like a Professional DFS Player. I would highly suggest you get this course, theoryofdfs.com, and then use our projections here at Roto-Grinders or, or at PayDirt. Uh, I haven't talked to you in, what, three three weeks or so? What's, yeah. what, what's going on uh, at Paydirt before we get out of here? Uh, we are focusing a lot on Pick'em games coming up. 
Um, so trying to get down, trying to get connections specifically to underdog and price picks so that we can build in some automatic, you know, downloads so that people can have access to that stuff. Already have access to all the pick six stuff that's offered. Um, trying to just build that up. And then the other big thing is I'm getting ready to start putting together the MLB models. Um, season long specifically first and then working in the in the DFS stuff. But really excited to, to get on with MLB season and continue to ignore that which is the worst NBA season that we have ever seen in terms of injury reporting and late scratches. It's the biggest fiction in all the world, the injury, the NBA injury report. I hate it. I hate it. I, I just despise it so much. Every year, it's February. I, I'm, I'm just going to start being louder and louder about it. Hit that thumbs up on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know. When we go live tomorrow, I'll be on with Tim. We'll be the NHL is back. The All Star break should be over, right? The All Star break's over, right? Do we have NHL or or yeah, yeah, we have NHL today. Yep, we have play. NHL tomorrow. Okay, because sometimes you know, you said, like NBA, they don't come back until like Thursday or something. Yeah. So I just wanted to make sure. So, so yeah, Tim's on tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll talk NHL uh, later in the week. We'll get TJ on, Will on. We'll be we'll be looking more at Super Bowl props. Uh. Squirrel Patrol will be on on Friday. We'll still Super Bowl. We'll talk about Super Bowl DFS as well, primarily with Squirrel Patrol. So if you're playing the the large, you know, $15 Super Bowl showdown on DraftKings, we'll have all the picks and strategy and everything on Friday, as well as, you know, we have premium content, obviously, for the Super Bowl. So click that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Get Roto Grinders premium. You get in the Discord. You get... All of our projections, NBA, MLB will be back, MMA, PGA. You get everything. So join us. Join us in the Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. And I'll be back tomorrow because that's that's what I do here, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about in Daily Fantasy, props, and pick them on Roto Grinders today. <laughs>